And now the show that's all about real estate and a little bit about everything else. Hosted by two guys that are too embarrassed to admit in public how long they've been investing in real estate. It is the Investor Guys podcast with host Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills. And we are back. You know, one of the points that, that Bill's trying to make, and it's we we've heard it before. If we want to, if we want to be a millionaire, we hang out with millionaires. If you want to know how to do something, you go speak to somebody who knows how to do it. I told my sons that all the time. If you want to know how something's going to turn out, or you want to know how something, how to do something, go talk to somebody who does that well. Go talk to somebody who's been through that before. Uh, so if you're just starting out, it should honestly be automatic in most of our brains is to seek people out who are able to help us seek people out who have already been there, who know the path, who know the journey, who can point us in the right directions. Um, so if you're just starting out in anything, but especially real estate investing, make sure that you're spending your time, whatever that is, whether it's calling someone like Bill or myself or going to a real estate club or uh, teaming up with somebody who's done this before, who's looking to, to take a, you know, a mentee under their wing. But absolutely. Uh, there's no education like somebody's experience. It, it, it's just, yeah. it's not something yeah. you're going to be able to read in a book. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's asking questions and somebody has a real world, real life experience that they can apply to that question. What yeah, else and, do we and look, we still do that. You and I still go to people that are a different level and the higher you get, the smaller that group of people gets and the more expensive that group gets. Uh, I spent 50 grand last year, uh, 2021, on uh, a coach and mentor uh, to be able to help me through some business issues on expanding and scaling my business. Because uh, I'd gotten to kind of a plateau and I'm like, all right, I can try to work through this myself, which obviously I had been doing, or I know people that are at a different level that if I pick the phone up and call, They'll say, yeah, come on in, let's do this. And, and we're still doing it, by the way. But we got started uh, about mid-year last year. And I said, how much is the guy? I said, 50. And I was like, oh, cool. Now, because I was really figured it might be 80 to 100. I was going to do it. But he said 50. And I was like, done. You know, we do the same things that we tell you people to do um, that are out there watching or listening. Now let's shift gears a little bit on some things that a lot of people do uh, that are mistakes that are easy to correct uh, when you have a when you notice them from the other side uh, that have to do with rentals. One is not screening a previous or a tenant for previous evictions. This is something that when you're looking at tenants is a huge, huge error, uh, mistake to make that's very easy to correct. Uh, and you need to look at uh, public records to see if they've ever been evicted before. And you need to ask them point blank, have you ever been evicted? Uh, if they say yes, there possibly could be some acceptable circumstances, but you got to ask, you got to know that. Uh, so one, ask uh, not screening your tenants for uh, to seeing if they had previous eviction. Not talking to them. Now, this does not apply to government-sponsored uh, low-income housing, this particular point. But not letting your tenants know that if they damage the property, they're going to be charged for 
that. Whether you do it or not, and most time it's a complete waste of time, uh, but whether you do it or not, they should at least have a, a, a healthy respect for you as their landlord that they have to keep your property in good shape. Now, if it's low-income housing, the government is the big hammer there. Hey, if you uh, damage the property and the housing authority comes out and looks at it and doesn't consider it to be uh, normal and customary wear and tear, then what's going to happen is you'll end up losing your ability to be in that government subsidy program. And that's way, way, way too important for them to do. Uh, another thing that's really uh, easy to let get out of hand, and you holler when we start getting close to break time, uh, okay. but I'll, I'll, we're, good. Sorry, we're good. We're good. Okay. Another thing that's uh, easy to get out of hand um, is letting your real estate business run your life. This is part of having a plan. This is part of a structure and understanding, here's what I'm going to do. Whether I do it in the morning, whether I do it at night, whether I do it all through the day, doesn't matter. But here are the things that I need to do on a regular basis to have my business grow and succeed. And here's the amount of time that I need to put toward that. So in doing those things, I have control over my time, which is the single most important thing that all of us have is our time. Because once that's gone, you, you don't ever get any of it back. So try to use it to the best of your ability. But having all of this structure around your business and having a plan on how you want to grow your business will put you in a position so that your real estate business doesn't run your life. I have a, a buddy that uh, his favorite joke, and he's an entrepreneur like me and has been his whole life. But he says, you know, yeah, the definition of an entrepreneur, it's a guy that quits a 40 hour a week job to take a 70 or 80 hour a week job and make less money than he was making on his 40 hour a week job. <laughs> That's what, you know, what entrepreneurs are. And I, I thought pretty funny and, uh, and pretty uh, spot on. So um, this next one is easy for uh, rental or flips and that's overanalyzing uh, and letting yourself be paralyzed, paralysis of analysis. Um, engineers are the absolute world's worst about this. If you're an engineer, deal with it. You know, I'm not going to apologize and be political grace or stepped on your feet. No, your toes need to be stepped on a lot and hard because you guys are terrible about it has to be just and then it's gone. CPAs are the same way. Everything they have to know the cost down to the penny of everything. And you're never going to get that. Either one of these groups are never going to get that in real estate because that's not how real estate is. It is a fluid investment and it changes through the course of us doing it. And I'm not talking about over months and years. I'm talking about daily. And so I've gotten a text from a contractor who I've got a GC working on a job right now for me that I've got a text from while we've been doing this podcast that something's happened, there's a change and need to find out what it is. But hey, you know what? That's the nature of what we do. So you look at uh, one, uh, what your temperament is as an investor. Now, are you really suited to be this? Because quite frankly, there are just some people that are not temperament suited to be investors. Can anybody be an investor? Yes. 
Can anybody learn how to do this and do it properly? Yes, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily have the right temperament to do this business. You may not have the right drive to do this business. Uh, and if you can't deal with things changing on the fly, I can assure you this is not the business for you. Yeah, yeah because up on a break, but we'll go ahead and finish that thought when we get back in just a minute. And we are back. And you know what? One of the things that I did want to point out with uh, our own real estate businesses and, and not letting it get away from us, but one of the things I love most about real estate or really about being my own boss is being able to take the time that I, I want to spend with my family, being able to take the time to go on vacations and do things. Um, my daughter is four and I spend most of my days with her. Uh, even when we go look at properties, she's usually tagging along with me. She's got her tablet in the back seat in her car seat. Uh, she started doing her soccer. She started doing ballet. Uh, I'm there to be able to do that. I'm not stuck behind a desk at an office. I'm, I'm not waiting to, to punch out so I can get home and spend time with her. So real estate has given me and, and Bill as well, the flexibility to live our lives and spend time with our family, spend time with our friends, spend time with you know the people that are important and do the things that we like to do on our own terms and on our own time. So, yep. uh, I had nine years that, that I got to coach my son in, in baseball, my, my two sons, my youngest two sons, um, that I got to coach in baseball. Um, many of those years, I was coaching four teams a year. And I'd see guys there like, do you not work? And I'm like, well, yeah, I work. I'm like, well, every time we see you at the baseball field, like every time I see you at the baseball field, yeah, but we're just coming to watch kids play and you're coaching. And I'm like, yep. And I said, because it's what I want to do. And it allows me the time to bond with my boys. And so, but real estate allowed that flexibility. And so that's a huge, huge piece of this thing. All right, so let's get into some additional things, especially uh, on rental property. Um, an easy mistake to buy to make is when you start thinking about selling your property, it's not thinking about your current tenant as a potential buyer. And so if you have the ability, uh, one, you can convert to uh, for sale by owner uh, and carry the paper uh, for somebody if you wish. Now, you don't have to do that, but you certainly can. Or you can look at the ability to um, help them find a traditional lender. Uh, and look, anybody that's ever moved knows what a pain in the rump that can be. And if you offer them a chance to buy that property, and, and many times what you find out is that the rent, especially if, if you're on top of uh, what the market is bearing rent-wise, they can buy the property at or below what they're paying for in rent. And then you can work out a lot of different things on down payment money. Uh, and it's always surprising when it comes time to buy that you, I get uh, surprised again and again where you think, gosh, man, they've been struggling so hard. Uh, it appears uh, to make their rent. Uh, and then you convert it to a purchase and they, oh, yeah, I can pay 25000 down. All right, so what do you need to do? Get the, uh, Go to the bank. Uh, and so it's like, great, terrific. So uh, not thinking of your tenants as a potential buyer. Uh, and then also not following up with uh, the local agencies, going down to the planning department, going down to zoning, and seeing uh, what kind of opportunities may exist in your community 
uh, for grant programs, uh, new windows, new toilets. Uh, those are easy things that happen a lot all over the company, all over the country. Are there opportunities from an opportunity zone standpoint? Uh, are there any special tax incentives being provided by the city or the county? Uh, and they love, uh, they do a terrible job, by the way, of promoting those things. But they love it when we come along and say, hey, I'd, I'd like to take advantage of this. They're like, great, because government agencies, have, and they're spending our money, of course, but they have uh, this thing. If they don't use up all the money, then they'll, but their budget will get cut some next year. And so they want to make sure they get all of that money dispersed and used on any kind of grant program, any kind of tax credit program. So help them do that. Yeah. And you'd be surprised also talk to your utility companies, because oftentimes the utility company will have a special deal on a new type of smart meter. Uh, a lot of times the water uh, districts from different places, especially when you start getting out, out west, Arizona, uh, Nevada, California, they'll have a, a program where if you convert to native plants or if you convert to a low water uh, yard for your system, for yourself, uh, you get all kinds of credits for that. Uh, check with every single possible uh, utility and, and, and party that you can to see what grants may be available uh, for your particular properties. And the funny thing is, is that you don't have to be the primary resident. You only have to be the yeah. owner. So as long as yeah. you own the property, which is what we do as real estate investors, we qualify for that. Yeah. And so we want to make sure we do things that one is you don't want to become friends with your tenants. Well, I'm not going to become friends with the tenants. You're not going to become friends with the tenants because we're never going to meet them. The likelihood is I'm never going to meet them. We use property managers and we use them for one, our own peace of mind. So we're not, this is part of also not letting your real estate business run your life. Um, so if I'm doing flips, I have a general contractor or I have a handyman who is serving as my GC. And then two, now, when I'm doing rental property, I have a professional property manager handle the property and I'll see their names as far as the tenants go. But do I know them? No. Now, the big advantage there is they can't play on you emotionally. Now, if there's something going on, they can tell the property manager, the property manager can relay it to you. And you can make your mind up whether you want to do anything about it. But that's an easy thing to avoid and a smart thing to avoid because it means that you have a property manager in place. Yeah. Worst um, thing is worst thing is for somebody to know who you are, be able to find out where you live, be knocking on your door one day because, you know, they're not happy about something. Uh, just don't let it happen at all. Yep. So um, you can always check on uh and I, I try to do this at least quarterly. I went to, to lunch a uh, week before last with one of my local primary lenders. Um, just always just um, at least once a quarter checking with uh, my mortgage people. Uh, I like to do lunches if they're local. If not, we're just going to do uh, phone calls. But checking in with the lenders and, and just going, hey, any, any new programs out there, uh, any unbelievable rates, anything I need to be looking at. And they're going to tell you if there is, because they want to be able to refi a note, cash you out on something. They want to be able to do those things because it creates commission for them. But if we don't ask, you know, sometimes rates can move over a course of a few years. Rates can move very dramatically uh, and have over the last several years. 
if you're not paying attention to that stuff because the payment amount, the cash flow is working good, payments amount is not onerous at all. You look up one day and you go, wow, I'm, I'm three and a half points over market. And that's massive cash flow out of your pocket straight into whoever your current lender is. So that's a big one I'd take a look at. Uh, and then making sure that you just understand the cash flow in your property. Making sure you've got all of the uh, continuing monthly expenses listed. You know what your rent is. You know when you can go up. You know how much you can go up. Uh, and just understanding the true cash flow uh, on your property. And if you do that, you'll love real estate uh, and it'll uh, be a very, very profitable part of your life. Absolutely. Understand what the market will bear and what the market will support and make sure that you're getting paid for doing what you're doing. This is a job for us. Okay. We're not yeah. buying these properties to, to do somebody a favor. We, we're doing people a favor in the process, but we're also making money on it. So remember, we're here to make money. Um, Pay attention to everything you can that you're supposed to be doing because it's your responsibility, because you're this is your job, and make sure you're getting paid for it. Great show, Bill. Thank you, sir. Great having you on here. And now like I'm glad you did most of the talking because I was all I was all stuffy. So. <laughs> make up oh. for it next time. Thank you Don't very much, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Have a great day and happy. See you, everybody. And we are back with another episode of the Yay. Investor Guys podcast. Da, 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 da. And we are continuing a list that we started on our last show on Thursday. And uh, I'm yep. just going to let uh, Bill jump right into it. I'm, I'm a little bit stuffy, as you guys can tell, but uh, I will make it through this show, I promise. Well, welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here. Thanks for uh, being with us. Hope you guys had a great weekend. It's another Super Tuesday uh, for us. And so, Kev, get the feeling better and uh, get cleared out there, brother. I know what that can be like. Is, I've been yeah. trapped in the house for uh, since last Thursday morning, uh, basically till yesterday afternoon. We got our traditional uh, once a year, two or three inches of ice and everything shut down. And so schools were out Thursday and Friday. Everything was shut down and kind of cleared up a little bit on Saturday and better yesterday. And, I think it's pretty normal um, now, but gosh, uh, you know, felt like lockdown again. <laughs> well, it's mid eighties here, so I can get out and get some fresh air. So that's that's good. But uh, yeah, I just have a, a cold or something that I can't seem to shake from about a week ago. Um, but yeah, great weather here. Um, we took uh, took our daughter out and did a picnic yesterday with some friends by the lake, and uh, just yeah, it's just. Uh, not, not like you guys. I know you guys got shut down. I was talking to family just a little bit north of you in Oklahoma City. They said they've been out of school for like a few days or most of the week. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, I'm glad we're here and I'm, I'm glad we're not there. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get over it. So, so we've been doing uh, some things not to do. This is like three or four shows now of um, things not to do um, when you're a real estate investor. We're going to continue that on today. Um, and there was a couple of things I wanted to start with today. One of these is one of the biggest things that happens with real estate investors. And I literally just dealt with this a couple of days ago, Wednesday, before the ice hit. I had a guy call me and he goes, you know, I've been following you for about 10 years. I was like, oh, that's terrific. And I, I recognized his name. He, 
told me his name when I answered the phone. And he said, I've been following you for about 10 years. And I figure I would be a millionaire by now if I would have gone with you instead of going with somebody else uh, years ago. And I'm like, ah, that's highly probable. And we had this conversation. And then he still didn't do anything. And I'm like, dude, this is why you haven't had any success in your business. You can't make a decision. Even when you've made a decision and realize that this is what you need to do, you can't pull the trigger. So what I told him was, you keep waiting to get started to do the right thing. And that's one of the things I wanna talk about is people just wait, 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 wait. No, if it's right and real estate is for you, there's no better time than right now to get started. You always uh, have that great analogy about when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's the second best plant time? Today. And that's a great analogy. That's exactly real estate. And if, if you're still sitting on the fence, well, your butt's going to get sore before you make any money. Get off of it and get moving. So that was one, um, just waiting way too long. And I run across people, and I know you do, all the time that um, they'll get started a little bit. They'll start going to clubs, they'll start reading books, but they really don't make a move to build a business. And then they're like, well, you know, I don't know if that real estate thing really works or not. Well, I can promise you it does not work if you don't. Yeah, nothing does. Yep. So that was one. And another one is people getting started and then not having any kind of plan at all. Now, that's one of the very first things that you and I do when we're consulting with clients is we help them build a plan for where we're going to be a year, two years, five years, 10 years. Where are we going to be? How are we going to get there? What's it going to take? How much time is it going to take? How many properties you need to look at? How many units do you need to be buying? How much money do you need to have? All of those things, we help build that out. But so many people just jump in and then they're like, uh, well, what do I do now? Because they have no concept of building a business plan and they're not involved with somebody like yourself or me. So guiding them on this is how you build a plan. And so we're always uh, talking about those things with clients. And there's nothing that I could say more to people. Like, look, if you have kids and your kids have ever played sports, what does every single sports team that everyone uh, that your kids have been on, what do they all have in common? They all have a coach. When you want to have that kid, like, and I'll, I'll use Pierce as an example here, my youngest. Uh, I'm just so proud of this kid because he's, he's 16 now. But when he was eight or nine, he's a baseball player, eight or nine, he went through an entire season, 16 games, as a full-time starter on this little team and did not get a single hit. Not one. Not one. And so we, we worked and worked, and, and I'm like, hey, I, I can't do this for you. If you want it, I'll help you get it. And he said, Dad, I want to be a hitter. I'm like, all right, that's the first thing. You've made your mind up. This is what you want to do. That's a now. 
I've taken you as far as I can take you because the things that I'm saying aren't, aren't sinking into you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you with a different coach, not a different team, a different coach to just work on your hitting. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. And I'm like, I know a guy who's a former Texas Ranger that does hitting coaching. And he's like, he used to play in the big leagues. I said, yeah, did we ever see him? I said, no, nah, he was retired before you were born. I said, but he's a great guy, and I'll get you hooked up with him, and we'll start doing some lessons. So we started doing some lessons. And we did lessons for about two months, and the next thing I know, we get into the next season. So he goes an entire season without a hit. We get into the next season, and he starts getting hits. Well, we get into the next season, and these aren't years apart. We were playing a lot of baseball. We get into the next season, and he starts smacking home runs. And the difference is he had a coach, and he had people that, look, if I can't tell you everything about real estate, then you need to be somewhere else. But the great likelihood is, is that Kevin or myself, know significantly more about real estate than most of the people that you're probably talking to. And so if that's the case, you want to go with somebody with, that's got a lot of success, a lot of experience, and knows how to translate that. See, if you don't know how to translate it, it doesn't do you any good. Knows how to translate that uh, in a good way so that you can understand it, absorb it, and then put it into practice. So you got to have a plan. You got to get started. And then you've got to have an association with uh, one person as a good mentor or coach. Now, you're going to have a team, yes, but that team is not what is going to lead, guide, and direct you uh, in your business. We're probably up on uh, we're up on a break. for a break. Yeah, we're up on a break. We'll go ahead and uh, jump back on this when we get back. Learn more about the Investor Guys podcast, including upcoming events and appearances at www.investorguyspodcast.com. That's www.investorguyspodcast.com. 